0: Father, we're so thankful for who you are. We're so thankful for what you've done for us. God, the fact that you gave up your throne in heaven to come as a baby. God, not because we deserved anything, but just because you loved us. And God, we're so thankful for that. And we just pray that as we go through this Christmas season, God, that that would be on the forefront of our thoughts. God, that we would be so mindful of what you've done for us. We're thankful, God, this morning for you joining us. We're thankful, God, that you allow us to come and meet. And God, what an awesome time it is to be able to worship you, God, as your church body. We thank you for it. God, we love you. We pray that you were honored through our singing this morning. And God, I pray that you just speak to us through the rest of the service this morning. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys can be seated. So I'm just going to play a song for you guys, and this is, you all know this, but just before we go into the sermon this morning, you know, it's always good just to be able to, just to prepare our hearts, and that's what worship does, you know, worship just prepares our hearts to receive the message that the Lord has has given to us this morning, so just as we sing this, you can sit back, you can take it in, or you can join along, you know, either one, Um, but just prepare your heart this morning for what the Lord wants to speak to you.
1: Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made, I see the storms, I hear the rolling thunder. Thy power throughout the universe displays, and then sings my soul, my savior God to me. How great! He bled and died to take away my sin, then sings my soul. take me home what joy shall fill my heart then i shall
2: All right, Matthew chapter 20, Matthew chapter 20, verse 20. Today, we are talking about the collision of philosophies. And you see here a collision of philosophies. And all of us are having collisions of philosophies. If if part of your life philosophy is being... Uh, very um, uh, sophisticated and being very uh, articulate, obviously I'm a very big problem for you. Uh, Obviously that's not one of my life philosophies, to be uh, articulate nor to be sophisticated, to be uh, socially, um, how do you put it, acceptable. Not very socially acceptable, mostly socially unacceptable. It never enters my mind, what's the proper etiquette in this situation? Basically, I'm like uh, Matthew McConaughey. I'm Matthew McConaughey in any role that I play. That's just, I don't have another role. I don't get the social sophistication. I never sit down at a table with three or four forks and three or four spoons and worry about which one you pick up first with a salad. I know spoons don't work with salads, but forks do. It doesn't matter to me what size the fork is for the salad. And I choose to use the same fork for the salad and for the main course and for the dessert if it comes out. It bothers me to say, may I have your fork, please? No, you got two unwashed ones here that you can take. But here we see a collision of philosophy. Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came up to him with her sons and kneeling before him, she asked him for something. Now, the sons of Zebedee or James and John. Jesus had already nicknamed them the sons of thunder. And we find in the gospel, we find a story about James and John that I think makes them... Uh, fit the nickname the Sons of Thunder. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem and he's walking through Samaria. And as he's walking through Samaria, he's not received because he's going to Jerusalem. And, and James and John said, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven? What, what do they do? He, do you want us to call down fire from heaven and smoke these guys? And Jesus rebuked them. So that's James and John for you. Now, the interesting thing about James and John is the transition that we see in James and John throughout the time they are with Jesus. You see a softening of the heart. And John becomes the one, the Scripture says, the one that Jesus was very close to. And John is the one that's exiled in the island of Patmos. He's the one that sees the vision that we know of to be the book of Revelation, okay? But they're the sons of thunder. Now, I think they ask their mother to do this for them. I think they ask their mother to do this for them. I think they put her up to it. Perhaps it was the mother taking the first step. Could be either one, but that's just my two cents worth. And he said to her, what do you want? And she said to him, say that these two sons of mine are to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your kingdom. Jesus answered, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am to drink? They said to him, the sons of thunder say to him, I reckon, we are able He said to them, you will drink my cup. Now, Acts chapter 12, James is the first to be killed of the disciples, other than Stephen, of course, of of these 12 disciples, besides Judas. Killed for their faith, I guess we could say. James had a sword put through him, first martyred. He did drink the cup. The only one of the disciples that is believed to have died of natural causes is John, the first and the last here to die. You will drink my cup, but to sit at my right hand and at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared by my Father. So Jesus says, look, that That distinction is for the father alone. Now, we know that there are those sitting around the throne of God. We recognize that we are told about in Revelation of the 24 elders that literally kneel before the Lord as they sing, worthy is he, and they cast their reward, their crowns before him. So whoever those 24 are, some say it's the 12 and 12 others, but they're they're in places of honor Jesus said, you don't know what you're asking. You're asking something that is not mine to give. And so you see here a real collision between the philosophy of James and John and perhaps the mom at this particular time and the philosophy of Jesus, the philosophy of the Lord Almighty. Now, when the 10, 10, 12 minus 10, so the two are asking for the best seats in the house, the 10, when they heard about this, they were indignant. That's a fancy word that says they were really mad about it. They were mad at the two brothers. Why? Well, they What are they doing trying to get ahead? Do they not understand? And I mean, Jesus has just said the Son of Man will be placed in the hands and will be flogged Will be crucified, and will be mocked, and will be risen on the third day. So this is a serious situation. This is a serious time, and, and this is poor timing. But it's just poor philosophy that Jesus addresses here, and and Jesus addresses this situation, and he calls to them and he says, "You know that the rulers of the Gentiles." Lord it over them. The rulers of the Gentiles look down on their uh, uh, subjects. They lord it over them. They rule over them. They reign over them. That's their philosophy. And Jesus says, it shall not be so among you. That's not the way that we're going to be. We're not going to be like that. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you, you must, you must be your slave, must be your slave. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So you see the collision between, can we sit in the best seats, And the collision about what Jesus says, even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. Even the Son of God, even the King, King Jesus did not come to be served, but King Jesus came to serve. And so the heart or the philosophy of being a Christ follower is that we give. We do not take, that's the philosophy of the Gentiles. They lord over, but the philosophy of Jesus and the philosophy, that's to be the philosophy of the followers of Jesus is that they give. They don't take, okay? The Greeks had a philosophy. It was be wise, know yourself. The Romans had a philosophy, be strong, discipline yourself. The Epicureans, after Epicurus, they had uh, a philosophy. Their philosophy was: be sensuous, enjoy yourself. So life was about enjoying yourself. Hugh Hefner was an Epicurean. He was always in his robe, enjoying himself. And if you've ever heard him interviewed or read any articles in interviews about him, that's what his life was all about. A party, enjoying yourself. He's dead now. Didn't last for him. I remember going to the Colonial years ago, and it was on a sunny afternoon. And the final guys were coming through, and 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 there was there was lots of buzz and lots of activity around the 18th green, and and I'm standing there just kind of watching, ready to leave. I was with a couple of the guys and as their guest. And I'm kind of looking around, and on the balcony of Colonial are, are all these people who, who've got their glasses, and they're celebrating. And, and, and as I walked by, I thought, they're Epicureans. They're looking down on the rest of us, and they're experiencing nothing but pleasure. And I went, Epicureans, Epicureans. They didn't hear me, and I, they didn't know what I was talking about. The psychology philosophy is be confident, assert yourself. The materialist is be satisfied, please yourself. The the materialist says the person that dies with the most toys wins. We see here the philosophy of pride manifesting itself be superior, promote yourself. Promote yourself. We do not promote ourselves as we follow Jesus. Promote yourself. The humanist says, be capable, believe in yourself. And of course, Christianity. Christianity, not in name of a religion, because it's got such a bad connotation out there, and the definitions go different places. But as those who are followers of Jesus, it's be a steward, give of yourself. And so the heart of the Christian life is giving, not being a taker. And that's what Jesus says here. Your philosophy, James and John, is all wrong. That's not what the Son of Man is about. That's not what I'm about. I did not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. So there are four things that I think that we can apply uh, to this situation. First of all, the right philosophy leads to these four things. We will be committed to his cause. If we are his followers and if we are walking in his ways, we will be committed to his cause. Now, It's an exchange life that we live. Galatians 2.20 says, it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the result of Christ living in us is that we will be dedicated, committed. We will have conviction about his cause. And his cause is, as we see here, to provide a ransom for many. We know from 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that we are to be part of the ministry of reconciliation, helping people come to terms with God. And first, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the Lord says, implore people to come to God, implore people, call people, plead with people to come to Christ. We are to be part of the cause, which by the way, is the number one cause of this world. It's what the church is all about. The Bible tells us in the book of Acts that Jesus shed his blood for the church. And the reason why he gave his blood to the church is for this life-saving, life-changing cause. Being made right with God is our cause. Eternal life is our cause. Abundant life now is our cause. Providing people... The pathway to hope is our cause. Helping people find a relationship with God that completely satisfies is our cause. That's why we are on mission with Him. Here, there, and everywhere. If the Holy Spirit leads us to a place, to a people, to a neighborhood, to a street, to be on mission with him, we say yes, because it's our life philosophy. It's what it means to follow Jesus. Second, we sacrifice. We sacrifice. Jesus was watching people give at the temple. And he noticed wealthy people going by and making their offering. He didn't say anything about them. He just kind of generalized them, and he sat there and watched them. And then came along a widow who gave all she had, and he commented on her. He says, now I want you to see what's been going on here, guys. People have been coming along who have wealth, who have means, and, and, and they, they've been putting in there However, this lady, this widow lady comes along and she gives all that she has. That's the one he commended. And so we know that the philosophy that we have as we follow Jesus is that we are willing to sacrifice. Willing to sacrifice. And Jesus said the important number is not how much is given but how much is left after we give after we give that's our life philosophy we give we give the bible tells us over and over and over if you see a need a need of a brother need of a sister if you see something out there and you don't respond that's a problem That's at the heart of who we are. We give. We respond. Sure, we're taken advantage of. Sure, the money that we give oftentimes is used for things that they shouldn't be used for. However, that's not our call. Now, we need to be wise and we need to have some shrewdness out there. And we definitely don't need to enable and we need to, to catch all this. However, not at the expense of not being a sacrificial giver we need to sacrifice so the question that we need to ask ourselves what about what is there in your life that you're making a sacrifice for what is there in your life that you're that you're willing to sacrifice for the cause of Jesus are there any sacrifices in your giving are there sacrifices in your gift of time is there sacrifices in your gift of home is there sacrifices being made in in, in your gift of energy today Is there any sacrifices? Are you willing to sacrifice? Now, if we are following Jesus, we are willing to sacrifice. Now, there are two results to the philosophy that Jesus lays out for us as we give, as we live this Christ-like life that Christ flows through us. We experience life. We experience life. There's a wonderful illustration in the in the country of Israel, that I, that I just believe is there for purpose, because it's an unusual thing. First of all, in North Israel, there are great springs. There are three huge springs that feeds the Sea of Galilee. One is at Caesare, Caesare Philippi, Caesarea Philippi the vacation spot, the place where Jesus said, what do people say about me? Who do they say that I am? And, and this water in these three springs, which are huge springs, runs into a marsh that cleans the water and throughout that marsh is some of the best fruit farms there is in the world and, and they create unbelievable fruit. And that feeds that, feeds, feeds that, that marsh area. It runs then into the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee has always been known for a fruitful lake, sea for fish. Lots of life in the Sea of Galilee. I remember standing on, on the shore one day looking down and the water was extra clear. There's only two or three foot deep. And I saw some of the biggest catfish I've ever seen like that. And I just want get some of those babies. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful the Sea of Galilee then pours out into the Jordan River. And when you drive down the Jordan River, about a half a mile on each side of the Jordan River, there's nothing but farm after farm after farm. They're growing all kinds of stuff, alfalfa and barley and cotton and and tomatoes and there's farms of just, just all kinds down the Jordan Valley. Beyond that half a mile or so or mile, however, whatever it is, where they're not taking the water from the Jordan River and irrigating, it's just nothing but rocks and dirt. No green, no life, nothing. But where that water flows and they can irrigate, they've got life growing. The Jordan River runs in the Dead Sea and the difference between the, 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 the uh, well, the spring up wells, the Sea of Galilee in the Jordan River versus the Sea of the Dead Sea is the Dead Sea doesn't give. It doesn't give. It doesn't have an outlet. It just sits out there and it dries up, it turns salty, it turns nasty, and there's no life in the Dead Sea. That is true of our life. If we hold on to everything we've got, we will sour, we will grow bitter, we'll grow resentful if we hold on to everything. But if we give, we can be like those those springs, we can be like the Sea of Galilee, we can be like the Jordan River. And we can experience life. So you need to look at that. What is your life generating What is your world? What is your philosophy generating? Is it generating life or death? And the next one is joy. Acts 20.35 says, it's more blessed to give than receive. There's one thing you know for sure, and those who give of themselves regularly have experienced is Joy. Joy. When we give, we have joy. When we give ourselves away, we experience joy. When we sacrifice, no matter how hard it is, at the end of the day, we have a deep satisfaction that causes joy. That causes joy. Today, the sonic class is going to uh, the, the Terrace Park apartment complex. And they will be posting on Facebook this evening what a blast we had. I know that because that's what happened the last I went. I remember checking on Facebook that Sunday afternoon and, and just seeing different people posting how much joy they experienced because they spent their Sunday afternoon going to an apartment complex that is full of... Uh, uh, Refugee kids and families, people that have been moved here because of some crisis in their land, and, and they just need some hope and some love. They need to talk to adults that will talk with them, that will love on them, that will spend time with them, because as, as the refugees come to our country, people avoid them, people walk right beyond them, and they don't pay attention to them. You know that's true. The world does that the world rejects them but we being a christian country we take them in and we love on them and we christians help them our church does a lot of that my wife is involved with a group that goes down and teaches the preschool mainly to burma kids miramar kids that because of a horrible horrible Atrocity that's taking place in their country, they're brought here. And they go in, and, and Laura Lolly helps them, and, and Karen helps them, and Karen Mendel helps them. And, and she, they, they get together and they're teaching those little preschoolers all they need to have so that they can get ready for kindergarten. And every time I hear one of those ladies talking about that ministry, and I know there's others helping, forgive me for forgetting. There's joy. When my wife returns from that, she has joy in her life. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus sends Christians' followers out two by two. They go out and they profess Christ. They see miracles happen. And Jesus says they all return with joy. So, if you want some life and joy, give. Give your money give your time, give your life. If you're an old sour pickle, it's because you're not giving. If you're eat up with worry and stress, it's because you're not giving. If you're eat up with with, uh, feelings of sorrow and feelings of despair, I promise you, you're like that Dead Sea, you're not giving. Because when you start giving away your life and, and you start focusing on other people rather than yourself, the philosophy of Jesus, you experience, you experience life and joy. That's the philosophy that we need to have. So the day are you a Greek? Be wise and know yourself. Are you a Roman? Be strong and discipline yourself. Are you an epicure, Epicurean? Be sensuous, enjoy yourself. Are you a psychology guy or gal? Be confident, assert yourself. Are you a materialist? Be satisfied, please yourself. Are you full of pride? Be superior, promote yourself. Are you a humanist? Be capable and believe in yourself, or are you living like Jesus? Be a steward. Give of yourself. So I have the numbers here. Oh my goodness. You have committed yourself to giving $49,786. There you go. Amen. So before December 31st goes by, the Lord knows what you wrote down. (laughs) I will keep it in here and I'll see, you know, and if not, then in January, I'll have my hell sermon series ready to go. (laughs) You don't believe that, do you? All right. What a blessing. What a blessing to be a follower of Jesus and to give ourselves away. We're giving ourselves away here in Lido, Parker County. I love seeing our teenagers yesterday working like dogs in the concession stand all with smiles on their face. Last night we were giving away a little love and grace out at the fire pit with s'mores. I'm, I, I watched Connie Hayden and Terry Hayden and I watched uh, Jerry Walmack. I watched uh, several of you uh, loving on people, just just simply, just smiling and welcoming people, and just giving them s'mores, giving them a little fire on that hot summer day <laughs> that we had yesterday, and 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 just helping little kids roast their marshmallows and just loving on people. As I stood out there and just said, "How you doing? How you doing? How you doing?" and and I, I don't know how many two or three ladies says, you know, our little kids come here with the little cats. A couple of them said, our our kid comes that people I didn't know uh, comes to the Wednesday night program. So that's wonderful, man. You know, you know, do you have a church home? What's what's going on with with you and your and your husband and that kind of thing? Usually the ladies on talking to you. The guy can't wait to get home and watch uh, Clemson and and uh, uh, Miami play. It wasn't any good. That's the way men are. Give yourself away. All right, we don't need to take up another mission offering, so now let's take up our offering for our our regular offering. So ushers, will you come forward? Lord, we're thankful for the worship time we've had today. We praise you. We give you honor and glory that you're worthy of. Thank you, Lord, for everyone that served today in the preschool with the children who are there now, everyone that prepared here on stage with the worship team, all the guys that took up the offering, all of the folks that, that served in different capacities in small groups and all those that will serve uh, in the coming weeks in the connection groups. Lord, uh, we just pray that you will uh, you will work through us, among us, and may all know, that you are our King and Lord by our love for you and our love for each other and our love for them. In Jesus' name, amen.